Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled, I'm Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about Twin Peaks Season 2, Episode 4. It's called Laura's Secret Diary. Full spoilers for the episode, as always. You know, it's funny that if you go back and look at our Season 1 reviews, Episode 4 was the, the, the season, the episode in Season 1 that was kind of the the bridging one. It's easily, it's the shortest of any of our reviews for Season 1. And I don't know if this one will be the sh- as short. But I have a lot of similar thoughts about this one as I did about that episode. Yeah, it's very much there's nothing advanced individually that much. It's just kind of everything's just moved around a little bit. There's no individual episode arc for anything. I mean, don't get me wrong. There is more movement than there was in that episode just purely because of two key plots. Yeah. Uh, It's not the exact same, but I feel kind of similar in the sense that the actual core plot, the, the Laura case, has not moved along very much. Uh, the stuff that did move along a bit was the Audrey stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ben's seen the video. Jean is extorting him, not only for money, but also for power over One-Eyed Jacks. And he's been very threatening. And Ben seems concerned at the time. He also demands, of course, that that Cooper's the one who brings the ransom money. Because we, we know that he wants to kill Cooper for... Yeah. Uh, not directly killing his brother, but indirectly yeah. doing it so that, 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 that goes on and Audrey is there when he kills the uh, the department store guy so she's just kind of showing that he's has, he's this dangerous he's this serious that he's, he's willing to do this kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, so, so we, we have that and Ben doesn't seem that concerned about Audrey a lot of the episode which was, was kind of strange like you see him going around the hotel and he's kind of Chatting up these swimsuit models who are just casually... Basically doing what he normally does. Pretty much. That's essentially what's going on. Uh, but he's doing that. But he asks Cooper for help and Cooper agrees. He's going to keep it off the books. But he goes to the Sheriff Truman and he's like, look, I need one of the bookhouse boys. I need to do something off book. Uh, it's best you don't know what it is, but I need help. And Truman agrees, but Truman, of course, ends up turning up to the agreed meeting place himself. He's like, I don't care. I'm going to help. And yeah. that's that was kind of it, but we didn't actually get to the the, the, the resolution. Oh, this is the kind of the weird thing that, and this is kind of how episode four felt like last season, where it sets up all these plots, but it doesn't actually finish a lot of them. So yeah, Audrey. But the other thing that kind of advanced a lot as well was the triad stuff, which is kind of seeping in uh, with Jocelyn. Jocelyn's back. <laughs> this is the first time we've seen her this season. Yeah, uh, she's back, and she's lovey-dovey with Harry, even though Harry's trying to, like, ask questions, you know, it's kind of Knows suspicious. Knows that something's not quite right. Yeah, he, he's, he's not an idiot. He's, he's aware there's something going on. And we see the triad guys, like, sort of, like, outside the, the window, watching them yeah. in the lightning. Which, I did like that. I liked the whole, like, the second half of the episode, everything was, like, there was lightning and thunder constantly. It's very atmospheric. Yeah, it gave it a mood. But he, he he's, like, out there. And then she, he actually comes in later. She introduces him to Pete as her cousin. And the uh, name's Jonathan, and we we they have something going on. Like she's due back in Hong Kong soon. Everything they're doing here is part of a plan, and she even brings up, "Oh, Hank might be a problem," and he's like, "Oh, I'll take care of that." And that's that's how we end the episode. Actually, is Hank's at the diner. It's you know after hours he's sleeping in the back at the diner, and it's all dark, lightning. He's he's got his his torch, his flashlight, and the the Jonathan. Beats him up essentially. Hank tries to put on some fancy fighting moves, but gets his ass kicked. Doesn't go too well, does it? Yeah. But the interesting thing though is at the end, he when he gets Hank down and he sort of cuts his finger and he he presses it against his and he's like he calls him the, a blood brother, 
and if he sees him again, he'll take his head off. And it, it makes me think that, like, Hank's been a pawn in whatever they're doing. Yeah. And what he's basically saying is, is if you cause any trouble and I have to come back, next time I'll kill you. Yeah, it's it's like we're linked. Yeah. Is, is this the uh, the idea of the Blood Brothers? Like, we're linked now, yeah. so, you know, behave. It's interesting because it, obviously Jocelyn was implied and stuff, and it because it almost felt like she was the small potato, if you will, and the, mm. like when Hank came into it the end of season one, and it felt like oh Jocelyn's involved. It feels like something's going on, but now it feels like she's part of something even bigger that's controlling things, and yeah. Hank's the pawn. And Hank obviously he tried to blackmail her, but it's like oh he doesn't know what he's gotten himself into. What this felt like to me, this felt like. Because there's not a whole lot of advancement in the lore plot, really. They, they, they mentioned the, the residents didn't belong to the Robertson family at any point. You know, the one that uh, Leland told them about. So there's like one offhand comment about that. Obviously, there's a little bit of the diary stuff, but that's kind of it. Whereas this to me felt like... Cause, cause just, and this is partly because I have prior knowledge that the second half of this season is post-finding out who the killer is. I'm kind of thinking, this is them setting seeds for plots after the actual main plot Quite is wrapped possibly. up. Possibly. Yeah, uh, that's that, what it kind of feels, feels like to me. It is strange that the diary wasn't more prevalent, given that that was how the the last one ended. It was the whole big thing about that. It's a title um, of the episode. <laughs> exactly. And then it was just a, a non-thing in this episode. Well, for now, the, I mean, again, they set up. They ha- Do- Donna... And it's funny, because we, we questioned last episode how, oh, maybe Smith, maybe he... He was never actually friends with Laura. He just knows about all this stuff from the diary. It mm. doesn't seem like they're actually playing it that way. It seems like he maybe did know her, and he has this secret second diary. Because we, we questioned, but didn't the sheriff have it? But funny enough, Maddie even, Maddie even yeah. asked that exact question. So we exactly. weren't being complete fools in asking that. Uh, so no, she had a second diary. It was a secret diary. And they set up, Donna goes to Maddie, and she's like, We're, you need to help me steal this diary. We need, we need this. Uh, we need to get this from... Smith, even though she kind of plays, oh, maybe she's seen someone to get back at James, because she's still pissed at James, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Ma- Maddie tries to smooth it over, and Donna is just not having it. It just doesn't go well. She's not going well. And she implies that, oh, maybe, st- and you, you sort of get the impression that she's kind of having a flirtatious with him, uh, but also it could just be a ruse because she wants to try and get in so she can get that diary, is yeah. what it seems to be pl- implying more so at the end of that scene. But again, it sets up that we're going to have them try and get the diary, but. Not a lot it of resolution feels, itself. In the same way how we're talking about how this episode feels very similar to this time last season, the diary almost feels like this season's one-eyed Jack. In, in the same way that we, we get a bit of it, it's there, but it's like, we'll, we'll get to it later. Oh, maybe. It's, 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 not, it's not as pressing as we immediately thought. Ada went with it's this season's necklace. Yeah. Uh, okay. Maybe it's split between the two. It's like it's a meet in the middle kind I, of I'm thing. Just the way we, the way we felt about one. Yeah, no, Jacks I, I get, was, get. I was very think, much. Oh, that's got to be coming next. I don't think that'll last as long. This will last as long though, because one eye Jacks lasted all season. I don't see this lasting. Yeah. I mean, I say all. I don't. Obviously, I would, it's a longer season. I just mean I don't see this taking until episode eight for us to get no, the diary. I, I mean, I'd say we surely next episode, but then you would think. You would think. But uh, then, then we've been wrong about saying that before. We have been wrong repeatedly about that before. <laughs> on the same topic. On the same topic. Yeah, because every every episode, we must be going to One Eye Jacks next episode. We must be going to One Eye Jacks, and then, of course, we didn't. Yeah. Uh, although, the one good tidbit about the case maybe actually comes up is the, the boots. Uh, mm. The boots that they found at Leo's house with the cocaine, 
is the same boots that uh, the one-armed man's been selling because he sold Andy a pair. And we'll get... My, I'm not going to lie. My favourite plot of this episode was Andy and Lucy. It's it's hard not to love this stuff at this point. Because it was hilarious. The whole thing was great. She's pissed at him and he he goes to the doctors like, do you know that sperm test? Is it like a is it like a driver exam? Can I can I retake it? And uh, the doc- obviously that's not entirely true. But you know you, you can get false results. It is possible. It, it does happen. So the doctors like, yeah, give things, me another- things can change as well. You know, yeah. diet things like that. Give give me another ex- give me another sample. Uh, I'll wait in my car, which I thought was a was really weird for the doctor <laughs> to say that, but it does. <laughs> But it leads to the the hilarious scene of Andy being like, "Oh, I need to go do something," and he runs into Lucy, and he drops. He's got he's got one of the Flesh World magazines that he's going to the bathroom with, and she pieces together that he's getting there to obviously not for a test. She just thinks he's being dirty. Yeah. Uh, but it leads to her like uh, getting angry. I was like, maybe you want the company of one of your magazines as she's holding a pair of scissors very <laughs> threateningly. Uh, she can be rather scary, can't she? She can be. And Cooper tries to tries to smooth it over. He thinks, "Oh, I've got." Uh, actually, my favorite moment of Cooper trying to smooth it over is when Lucy says, uh, "Well, maybe you don't know this, but me and Andy have been dating for used to see each other for a while." He's like, "I'd gathered that much, yes." So like, of course, Cooper had. Cooper's <laughs> nailing this left and right. <laughs> Cooper knew this. Thank you very much. Uh, in fact, it was the start of that scene, I believe, where we got a glimpse of some donuts on a plate. Just, Which meant I could eat my donut. Yeah, that was a rule we decided because Connor had donuts and he was only allowed to eat his donut if he'd seen a donut on screen. Luckily, Twin Peaks does not fail in that in that regard. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like there's only been maybe two or three episodes out of all of them so far that haven't had donuts on screen. I think that's a stretch. To be, I think it's like it one. Might, it, it might be just one or two, but either yeah. way, it's like okay, it's a, it's a safe guarantee I'm going to get my donut. Yeah, but so the whole Lucy plot's fun, and then uh, Dick Dick shows up and. This might even have been the highlight of this plot, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Because Dick, Dick shows up, and he's like... And he's, he's the same cheesy guy, but he's like, Oh, I've, I've messed up, Lucy. I'm ashamed of how I've behaved. I've I've, I've, I've done the right thing. And it, it's almost plain as if he's about to propose. He's like, I need to do the right thing. And he reaches into his jacket. And you can see Lucy's thinking this as well. And he pulls out an envelope with money. And honestly, at first I thought, oh, he's just paying her off. He's like... I he's, thought it was good. It's... Yeah, yeah, go, go. I, I thought it was going to pair off in the sense that this is a lump sum of money to take care of the kid. I'm out. I've washed my hands of it. That's why I thought yeah. it was going. And then he's like, yeah, I've I made some calls and I believe this is adequate. And she's like, what's this? And he says 650. And I thought, I thought, and as much as the envelope was really small, you, you can't fit 650 grand in that envelope. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was going to be thousands, though, before he said the number, because I thought it was him supposed to, like, and I, again, I, yeah, also yeah. really douchey. I didn't think it was, like, a different uh, spin in his character. I thought it was going to be really douchey. Here's, like, you know, 10 grand that, yeah. I, and I, again, admittedly, he probably can fit that in that envelope, but I thought that's where it was going, and maybe he'd say mm. he'd give her more later or something, I don't know. But he says, $650, and then I laughed out loud, because I thought, I thought the implication there was that he'd gathered round his friends and made them all chip in and this was all he had because he, he said he cleaned himself out had a bit of a whip round yeah and this was the joke that he could only raise $650 right and then then the next line or whatever he made it clear that it was to take care of it. I was like oh it's, the abortion cost $650 <laughs> see at first I thought it was going to be coupons <laughs> for, for discount coupons oh for kids clothes yeah, <laughs> yeah that would be funny actually no, either way, that the end result was the same. No matter what, we were expecting him to be a douchebag. That was going to be the punchline. <laughs> yeah. Is that he's a complete dickhead with whatever he's offering. Yeah. And she quite rightly loses her shit and tells him to get out. 
Uh, the favourite part is when she's like, if you say one more word, I'm going to scream. Which in a police station full of cops, uh, <laughs> it's quite yeah, threatening. Yeah. Someone's probably going to come running. Quite threatening. Uh, and he, he, he's about to say something, and she goes, mm! and she like covers her mouth. Uh, Lucy's great. She is. That's whole comic time. And she even mentions that she was inspired. It actually, yeah, that was the other thing. When she's telling Cooper why she broke up with him, why she broke up with Andy, and she's like, oh, there's just little things that really annoy me. He never washes his car. He doesn't exercise. He doesn't even own a sports jacket. It's such a, a strange combination. Well, it's good to know that I am not suitable for Lucy. Right? I'm just. She wouldn't be interested in me. Or you, for that matter. No, I'm thinking about it. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> We're not up to her standard. <laughs> no, no, we're not. We're, we're right there with Andy at this point. It's a low blow. It is a low blow for both, to mean, both of us. Don't get me wrong, I like Andy. Don't get me wrong, well, he's lovable. There was, was an equal blow to both of us there. But so. he, he's, a, he's a goof, he's a, he's a moron, and I yeah. like to think that I'm a little bit better little than bit that. A little bit better than that, yeah. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of, that was kind of the most. It was a fun episode because of that. I think because we kept having this fun plot to fall back on, and because it was teasing us with the Audrey kidnapping, it was giving us a bit more of there. It was giving us a bit more with yeah. uh, the one armed man, giving a bit more with the diary stuff. Everything was interesting. I think it was a more interesting episode than episode four last season, but it still had that similar kind of it's, thing where it still ultimately felt kind of like a filler episode. Which I'm a little bit concerned we might get a few more of those this season, given the the extra length. Oh, I I think we'll. I think the second half is generally considered to be mostly filler. All, all, all filler. <laughs> yeah. Right, okay. Which is why we're kind of not looking forward to the second yeah. half of this season uh, too much. But we'll, we'll, we'll obviously we'll get through it. And we, we know it's because Lynch leaves the show. Lynch isn't involved in the second half, uh, from what I, from, but from but what I remember. But it's coming back, so it's all fine. Yeah, it's coming back, and Lynch is doing the whole third season. So Exactly. So uh, we'll, we'll power through for, for the greater good. That'll be exciting. Uh, but it wasn't a bad watch, though. It, just, it, was a, it wasn't. It was a little... Un- unfulfilling uh, yeah because I-, I think the last like three have all been really fulfilling like we've come out of the last two you've been really in theaters and this one was just was fine it was fine especially the last two yeah uh, obviously the one thing we've not mentioned yet is Leland of course they arrested him at the end of the last episode he's we actually the, the, the most obscure this episode gets actually is at the start when it, it opens and say like a hole in the wall and it, mm. it the camera like spins around and pull, it's really stylized it gives it you is. this big open uh but Leland's presenting them, uh, representing himself uh, in the case, and they're calling in uh, the, the the state judge and the district attorney to deal with the case uh, that he's killed Jock Reno, which he admits to. He 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 openly admits to it. And he, do you know what I like about this whole this whole thing? So so the the judge arrives, and he again, it's obviously the the judge is kind of cookie. He's on a Winnebago. That's kind of how he gets around the state. Yeah. But he comes in, and when he's met Leland before, they've all met Leland, everything's very polite about it, where they, they come in, it's like, it's a shame to see you in this position, obviously he's done something wrong, but the whole time it feels like Leland's not, not resisting anything, he's he's doing the... Pers- yeah, and oh. it's, it's everyone's aware he's a he's a well-respected member of this community. Yeah. It, I mean, maybe less so a little bit more recently, when he's kind of gone off the deep end, after, yeah, but under- after, admittedly after yeah. Laura's death. Understandably, so it's, no it's one's... understandable. No one's blaming him, and you kind of get that in that little conflict with the Doctor and Cooper... Where he's like, yeah. oh, I mean, after everything he's went through, and Cooper almost thinks he's justifying what he's done, and he's like, well, no. But the, you can see that there is some level of understanding, even if it's not condoned. There is an understanding. Yeah. Uh, so they don't treat him like an outright raving lunatic criminal that they have to like handcuff. Like I think even when Andy brings him into the room, he's not handcuffed. He just yeah. he's willing to go. Yeah, he's peacefully. very he's very rational and yeah. he's willing to go along. He's not causing any trouble. Yeah, actually, I like the judge's speech actually. 
Uh, mm. he, he gives this little speech about uh, when we leave these shadows that we currently inhabit, uh, we'll all meet each other again in Valhalla. <laughs> it was like a really deep little speech <laughs> about the yeah. about existence in the afterlife. Uh, I appreciate that. He's, he's got an assistant, his assistant uh, legal aid, who uh, Cooper seems very fond of when she appears. So that might be a, a brewing. Why wouldn't he be? A little brewing of things to come. Uh, also worth mentioning, the, the the district attorney, who's not arrived yet, they mentioned he's late. He actually goes to the diner and mm. Hank steals his wallet, That's which is why we know who he is, because he looks at the, the name and it's the, the DA. Yeah. And they think, oh, actually, we, we forgot the other comic subplot, actually. Uh, he, the, the reason why they're treating him so well at the diner is because there's rumours that this mysterious food critic, this restaurant critic, is coming to town. No one knows what he looks like or what she looks like. And mysterious but they've got a rumour uh, there's like a worker one of the, the employees at the, the hotel has heard about it and she warns Norma and they've got tablecloths and they'll, they'll try to make it best, look best behaviour yeah and the, 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 the casual guy the fat casual guy who's like just on his cheeseburger is just like hey get in the kitchen don't don't be in front of the, the, the posh guests uh, that was fun stuff and especially when you there's this weird guy with the moustache at the at the hotel, who turns out to be the, the mysterious critic. Yeah. Uh, at least so we, so we think anyway, because he pays by cash. That is the one clue we had, is that he always pays by cash, so he mm. can't be traced. Because reviewing restaurants is serious business. Yeah, I, you say that, I'm sure there's something something much deeper going on with this guy. Ilt. Honestly, Ilt, cause it's, it was, uh, he's Asian and he's got this big long moustache. I'm like, he must I'm be part of this triads. triad. Yeah. yeah. He's like, this, he's, he's too mysterious to be standing there. Not being traced. That feels very shady. Like, he doesn't want to know yeah. why paying with cash. It feels shady, doesn't it? Yeah. So, no, no, there's clues there. Uh, be amusing if he's a food critic as well. I actually think it'll just be funny if he's just a food critic, if that's just his thing. If we That's just have true. this food critic cat character. I think it's funny if he's both. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Matt, I, just, I think I'd have fun with that. Oh, dear. Uh, but yeah, so that, that, was, that, that, was, that, was, that was the episode. Um, yeah. But yeah. So obviously when uh, Jonathan, the actual triad guy, who we've seen sort of spying around for the last several episodes, when he talks to Jocelyn and he's asking, and she says that Hank's a problem, he asks about the sheriff. And she she brushes off says oh he means nothing to me and mm. we're not sure if that's true. Yeah, I, I'm not actually sure on just I'm not sure entirely which game she's playing on who. Yeah, uh, but yeah that that's that. Uh, one little stylistic thing I liked actually in the opening scene in the interrogation room with Leland, mm. I liked that it was Truman who was talking to uh, Leland and Cooper was in the background and he was like out of the lighting he was in the shadow yeah. almost he was sort of dark and he was just sort of ever present but he was there in the background behind Leyland mm. and I like that I like that he's the obviously higher up in the ranks as it were in terms of law enforcement but he's in the background he's letting the person who knows him and can treat him with respect he's letting because he's there but he's still the outsider as much as he's friends to everyone he's become very close to Truman and stuff he's the outsider so they're letting him just be in the background and watch on as Truman takes care of this Yes. as part of the process. I like that. It was a very simple little visual thing that just told us that about where he is in this town as a character still. And that's... Mm. That works. Oh, it makes sense. It's... I mean, I think... He hasn't been there that long, right? No, not that much time. Not really. Like a month, maybe? Tops? I don't know think it's that. It feels less, but... Probably is less. Maybe two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just really hard to tell because so much happens so fast, but... Honestly, most episodes feel like they take place in a day or two. They do. 
they so do. it's so so be that this is about episode 11 so yeah about three weeks maybe if we're going to say two days per episode roughly yeah yeah that sounds about right yeah because even even when we started season two it was the day after the events of the finale of season one so yeah and then you have entire episodes like the, the end of season one that is all just the one night yeah at one eye jacks yeah yeah you're right so so yeah uh time time passing is a a little harder to judge but it's it's definitely there so yeah uh that's, that's like you say, I think it is very similar to to the same point last season, but it's more enjoyable because we we we've got to know the characters a lot more, and there's a lot more. They're just these little quirks that we can enjoy. Yeah, there was a lot more advancement and stuff. It was just nothing. It was all set up for future resolution rather than giving us yeah. any sort of closed arc in this episode. Uh, oh, one other small point. I uh, just I think this is again a little important character, but is uh, when Hank hears about the food critic and he like grabs some money and says I'm going to go and get some tablecloths and stuff. He says to Norma, "Call uh, Big Ed." Oh, yeah. And I was that Connor's got chronic hiccups. So that was not just him being unprofessional. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but yeah, so he, he says, "Call Big Ed," and Norma is kind of awkward. Oh, why? And he's like. Oh well, he he's got the gas station, and like presumably he'll get into town. He might be there. Big Ed can, but it felt like he was prodding her, like he was, mm. you know, he was. Oh, like, I want to know about this connection. Yeah, he's 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 laid down this thing because we we know he asked someone else about him a few episodes ago. He asked, uh, who's the who's been helping out around here, and uh, I think it was Shelley yeah. who said Big Ed was helping around. Uh, so he he's aware of this thing that's maybe been going on, and he's that that felt like a very subtle sort of mental form of. Uh, Maybe not quite abuse yet. Although yeah, I'm sure... just to see how quickly she will just talk yeah. to him. Even like if, if if she'll go, yeah, no problem, or if she'll act cagey about it. Yeah, or even just a simple, uh, I know. Like it's, yeah, it's almost like yeah. as much as the whole the rest of the scene, he's playing it as a very happy go lucky husband to try to help. That line right there is like, I know. Yeah. Don't. Don't do it. Not just don't do this, but like yeah. you know, I am boss, woman. That that kind of mentality is in any yeah. said so. There you go. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, episode 4 of Twin Peaks Season 2. Let us know what you thought of this episode in the comments below. Like and subscribe and all that stuff. Helps us out a lot. Get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. Individual Twitters are on the screen for everyday ramblings. Uh, but that's us. Thanks for watching, guys. And we'll be back with the next episode in a few days' time. We'll see you then.